Life Audio. This time of year, kids are going back to school, whether it is kindergarten or college or something in between. I think it leaves a lot of moms with this sense of struggle because there's so much of our identity that is wrapped up in being a mom. And what does that mean when our kids aren't here? And so today I invited my friend Allie Worthington onto the show to talk about this idea of remaining you while raising them. It's based in her new book that comes out this month, and I really think it's going to be a blessing to you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. And today I have my friend Allie on the show. Allie Worthington is the author of the new book, Remaining You While Raising Them. And it's a book for moms that talks about the secret art of confident motherhood. Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is great to be here. Yeah. So Allie, I thought it would be helpful for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with your work to just hear a little bit about you, your heart, the work that you do, and what prompted you to write this new book. Yeah. Well, uh, my husband and I live outside of Nashville. We have five sons and I have a um, grown stepdaughter, a very pampered golden retriever. So we have a a very loud and full life with all the kids. I'm an author and speaker and entrepreneur. I always joke that I love to have a lot of kids and a lot of businesses that they, some people like sports. I like to figure out new things to, uh, to build online. So I really love that. I really kind of, I'm in a sweet spot with the Lord in my work these days with just going, okay, what can I create to help women thrive? Whether it's with their work or their families or their relationship with Jesus, whatever it is that I can dream up and kind of partner with him on and build and put out there in the world. It's been really, really fun. Now, this book, I always joked that I was never going to write a parenting book and or a motherhood book, because I felt like if I did, one of my kids would end up in prison, you know, like <laughs> you don't want to be an expert on something and then everything falls apart. But now that my stepdaughter and three of my boys are adults, I feel like I have something to say. Um, I used to teach a lot at a church and uh, in, in my season of teaching there all the time, they had me do a mother's day and they said, listen, we know you, we want you to just be Allie this mother's day. Like don't craft the mother's day message you think is supposed to be just, just go full Allie. And I was like, interesting. Okay. So I really prayed into that and I gave a message and everyone just went crazy for it. And that was the Lord saying, write this book. 
like bring your perspective into this. Don't, don't write what you think everybody wants you to say, write what needs to be said. So remaining you while raising them came out, I guess coming out now, two years later after that mother's day. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was if you would share, um, you talk about how you did a survey that you did with a thousand moms. And I found that to be so interesting. And I thought maybe it'd be really helpful to just start off by having you explain what were some of the things that you found surprising or what, what did you learn when you did that survey? It was so fascinating. It was a very in-depth survey to the point where I had multiple people either say to me or write in that they couldn't get through it because they were so triggered. Like the, there's so many emotions around motherhood that is so triggering. Like women just cried in the middle thinking about how they're feeling about things. The most shocking thing, I asked women, what was the most helpful book about motherhood that they read? Very few people could give me a book on motherhood. They, they cited parenting books, which very different than a mothering book, which, I, which kind of is, is a hint to why mothers aren't doing well right now, right? Because we're not, we're not thinking of ourselves at all. We're thinking of what we can do more for our children. But the ones who cited parenting books often said it left me feeling worse when I read it than when I started. And that was a wake up call to me that and the fact that um, in the 90 percent of moms, they deal with a ton of mom guilt and the single biggest cause of mom guilt, social media, not spouse, not mother-in-law, not themselves, social media. So those things were fascinating. The fact that Women have been reading Christian parenting books and feeling worse than when they started. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so telling. I think too, because there's not a lot of resources, mm-hmm. people tend to go to social media to, you know, get encouragement or figure things out or to numb out when they're feeling overwhelmed or burdened and stressed. And here it's like feeding this cycle of making them feel even more insecure. Well, I think, I think there's actually a lot of resources, but the resources are low key shaming the moms. Mm. But why go to a resource if you're constantly feeling worse after you read it than before you started? Yeah. yeah. Especially when you have limited time as a mom to yourself anyway, you know, you want to read something that's going to lift you up versus make you feel worse. You know, I think this time of year, um, one of the things that is really hard for a lot of moms is sending their kids off, whether they're going to kindergarten or they're going to college. I just, my daughter, uh, she's a first year freshman. So the the emotions that are around that, um, I think sometimes when we're in the thick of the day-to-day and the busyness, we don't necessarily have time to think through all of those things. But when we send our kids off and then we're sitting at the kitchen table, like, okay, now what? Um, I think that's when a lot of times for a lot of moms, and, and maybe I'm unique in this, but I think a lot of moms struggle with this overwhelming sense of, okay, am I, am I screwing my kid up? Did I do enough? Did I pour enough into them? You know, even when you send your kid off to college for me, it was like, well, I think, I hope, I pray I did everything I needed to do for her to be successful. Um, but But one of the things that I think, is so hard when our kids kind of leave the nest, so to speak, even if it's just kindergarten or going back to, to, you know, grade school is there's so much of our identity as moms that is intertwined with that role of mothering. And one of the things you talk about is a healthier mom mindset. Could you unpack that a little bit? 
Yeah. Well, one of the big focuses in the book is kind of taking the myths that we believed as moms and backing that up from a biblical basis, as well as with a lot of research, because I think we really need to arm ourselves with not only God's wisdom, but also wisdom from scientific studies that have been going on for decades. So we're not relying on the opinion of our aunts or somebody's opinion on social media, because everybody has an opinion and it's, it's often just formed by their own life experience. It's not fact. But when we arm ourselves with both strength in the Lord and research to know what's healthy, what's not healthy, you know, what are the facts? Then we can be more confident as mothers. So with each of those myths, I give women kind of the shift to be able to think about things differently because women right now are spending more time with their children than 50 years ago, both men and uh, women are spending more time with their kids than 50 years ago. We think it's less, but it's actually way more. It's way more time parenting, engaging, going to things. 50 years ago, people were not spending as much time with their kids. They were locking their kids out and saying, come home when it gets dark. We are so involved. We're over-involved. We're hearing messaging all the time that we're not doing enough, which makes us in this constant cycle of anxiety. So like I said, when we kind of get the facts and we know what's important and we know what's going on, it helps us shift our mindset away from one that's full of anxiety and am I doing enough? And, and to some degree, kind of making ourselves God in our children's lives to something healthier, which is, I know that I'm called to be this child or these children's mother. I know from looking at research and I have the tools and I have a biblical mindset on it. I know I'm doing a good enough job. Because one of the most fascinating pieces of research is you only as a mother need to get it right 50% of the time to be a great mom and to raise great kids. But we are holding ourselves up to a standard that is impossible to keep. It's no wonder women are so weighed down by mom guilt all the time, right? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Allie. Stay tuned. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that at least I have struggled with, and I think a lot of working moms have struggled with is mom guilt over the fact that you have to go to work every day. And I think there is this constant pressure for working moms where when you're at home, you're feeling guilty and you're struggling with all the things that you have to do at work tomorrow. And then when you're at work, you're struggling over maybe missed you know, ball games or things that you just field trips, you can't be there for those kinds of things. And so I think either way, and and I'm not saying that this doesn't happen to stay at home moms. I'm just saying in my experience, either way, no matter what scenario I was in, I was experiencing guilt, um, you know, guilt over being a mom, trying to balance both my calling and my profession with trying to be a good mom. And so I wanted to see if you could kind of speak to that, you know, as you were raising your children and you're an entrepreneur, how did you balance motherhood when you're trying to also balance your career? Yeah, great question. For the first 12 years, I was a stay-at-home mom and didn't have any plans to build a company. But in 2008, uh, we, my husband lost his job. We couldn't get another job. We lost our home to bankruptcy. We lost everything we owned except what would fit into two pod storage units. And we spent a summer homeless living with my grandfather and we would go to a McDonald's playland. And 
um, my husband would apply to new jobs, you know, using the Wi-Fi at that playland. And I would Google on an old laptop with missing keys. How do you start a business on the internet? I had $42 to figure out how to start my business because I knew from what was going on in my life, I had to figure out how to bring in more income. And I knew childcare for five kids, one of whom was only five weeks old. My youngest boy was just going to be outrageous. I, I couldn't leave the house to go get a job, you know, right off the bat. And so for me personally, I didn't deal with a lot of mom guilt because I knew I had to work and I had to work really hard to do this. Um, so I think to some degree, when you're in a situation where you're desperate and you don't have the financial luxury and the financial privilege to stop, it, it relieves that guilt. Like, well, I don't, I don't need to feel guilty because we have to have food on the table and we have to be able to keep a roof over our heads. And so there's a bit of that that stayed with me with, with working um, and not feeling so guilty about it. But did I, through the years, feel guilty that, that I wasn't going to the kids' parties and I couldn't make every soccer game because I'm doing all these things, of course. But when we kind of shift our perspective from, I should be doing something else. It should be different. I shouldn't be working this much to two things. Number one, if you look at women who stayed home traditionally 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, they were not sitting around doing ABCs with children and braiding their children's hair. They were working their behinds off, trying to keep the house clean and watching other people's children and hanging out with friends. This idea, and I think it's kind of like a Pinterest Instagram problem too, that there are these moms, you know, with these curated images out there of they're just sitting around practicing phonics with their kids all day and their house is perfect and everything looks amazing. We have that image because of social media, but when you look at the facts of what stay home moms traditionally were doing in the past, they weren't focused on their kids all the time. They were working at trying to keep their home going. If you look a hundred years ago, just to make food and wash clothes took all day. So stay home moms were working moms. And then if you look at the data, there's been tons of studies going, okay, are kids harmed if women are out of the home working? There is no study that proves that children are better off with women at home. There's just not. Now, all women should have maternal leave after they have the baby and have that time to bond with the baby. Research backs that up. But in terms of are kids going to be better off if you're a stay-at-home mom? No. Are kids going to be better off if you're a working mom? No. What matters is the emotional health of mothers. And that's what this book is all about. Because I consider emotional health to be a combination of mental health, spiritual health, and relational health, your relation, relational health with other people. If we aren't healthy, our kids aren't going to be healthy, but we've spent decades, especially in the past two decades, kind of putting our needs and desires and wants on the shelf. And if we are walking around emotionally unhealthy because we haven't been taking care of ourselves, we can never expect our children to be healthier than we are, at least while they're living in our house. But I want to go back to social media because there is a huge business model out there for, and I'm, I'm not sliding women for this business model, but the business model is take beautiful pictures of yourself and your family. Take beautiful pictures of your home. When you do that, you'll get a lot of followers and then brands will give you money to do sponsored posts. It's big business. Again, I love women making money. I'm all for that. But we have to constantly remind ourselves that's not real. 
all of those lifestyle influencers and their photo shoots. It's beautiful and it's amazing, but it is a business facade. It's not real life. So when we are dealing with our real life of paying the bills and the dog threw up on the carpet and your child pooped in the bath, whatever it is, we're dealing with real life. We open up Instagram or Pinterest and we think these moms are out there, you know, growing their own wheat and making organic bread for their kids and teaching them Japanese over lunch. It is a business facade. And I think that's a huge mindset shift that needs to change. We don't have to fault them for it, but we need to remember that it's not real life because that's no one's real life. We're actually going to stop right here and we're going to pick up this conversation tomorrow. I pray that you come back as we talk more with Allie about finding our identity in Christ as mothers. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.